Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature. Jacob and Vincent are the guys behind Nomad du Parc. Nestled in the heart of Chelsea at the entrance to Gatineau Park to offer you rental of bikes and paddle boards by integrated guided experiences. They're hopeful in bringing together outdoor enthusiasts who pass through the region to share the love of the outdoors. Vincent recently graduated in destination management and tourism organization, while Jacob also comes from a tourism background and knows the area like the back of his hand. Please enjoy this incredibly passionate conversation with my new friend, Jacob. Jacob, welcome to Let's Take This Outside. Thanks to welcome us. And sorry about my English sometimes. It can be a bit broken, but uh, the most important thing is to understand each other. <laughs> Jacob, also the fact that, I don't know, I'm completely Anglophone and you're bilingual, so you have the upper hand here. So thank you for, thank you for doing an English interview with me. I appreciate that. We appreciate the, the invitation. Thanks. Also, I want to mention two things. So I think you were my first guest who is out, like physically outside recording this. And I love it so much right now. But there's a reason you're outside. Is it your girlfriend's vacuuming? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was like, it looks like a concept and everything. <laughs> it works. It could be one. But unfortunately, I just, I went to my house quickly and it was a uh, super messy it was not a good timing to ask her to stop what she was doing. So I said, you know what? Let's go outside. Outside, It's an outside podcast. Perfect. It fits well, I think. Maybe you guys might be a good part of this, but I really want to do, maybe not in the winter, but I really want to do like a, like a live recording outside where people are like together and not online. So maybe we could be a part of that sometime in, in the future. We're going to need good mics, but we're in. Yeah, yeah, I can I can get those, I'm sure. Okay, so Jacob, how we met, I rode my bike with my friend Christy probably a couple months ago to Nomad de Park in Chelsea, Quebec. And you guys have a bike wash station and I met uh, both you and Vincent, or please say it in French. Vincent. Vincent, thank you. I met both of you, loved your energy and what you were doing. So first of all, what is Nomad de Park and what does that translate to in English? For the translation, let's start with that. Uh, Nomad's Park means uh, Parks Nomad. So all our identity uh, started from our playground. So what is our playground? Is the Gatineau Park. So that's what the word park is from. And uh, Nomad, like you can understand, is because we move. We do everything. We're not just all about bikes, even if we do a lot of it. Uh, we do paddle boarding. We do um, uh, camping. We also like doing uh, trail running. Uh, we're organizing uh, these activities, all these activities at the same place. And uh, obviously, we're doing all kind of bikes. So it was not making sense to, for us to stick in one playground. We wanted to uh, have uh, a lot of identities or to be able to play with all the things we can do in the park. So actually, that was one of the problems at the beginning. We're like, where are we going to start? Like, we want to do outdoor rental. That's what we, not, we want to start with. But it's very much more than that. Uh, so one part of that is the community aspect of it, like the Washington Station. Uh, we have a community uh, area where we're offering like a free, free terrace in the heart of Chelsea, uh, where it's not easy to find a free terrace to just after your ride, just enjoy the spot. We have a fire pit. We give advice for your mechanics. And we'll, also we have a schedule every week, every uh, days. Uh, we have uh, an activity. So for example, on Wednesdays, we're going girls rides. So women were meeting together every night and doing a ride together. Um, we were organizing that with the help of uh, volunteers. Uh, Thursday is what was our 
uh, Taco Thursday. So uh, we bring all the community together. We organize group rides, uh, for example, uh, mountain biking, uh, trail running, um, uh, road biking, gravel biking, etc. And we uh, we have volunteers, so guides for all these group rides. And on Thursdays, we're all going in the park together, uh, hundreds of people. Uh, between 80 and 120, I would say, every time. Wow. And yeah, and after we do an after, so a DJ is waiting for us in, on our terrace. We have a taco bar. We're offering, uh, we have our alcohol permit, so we're offering uh, microbrewery beers from the village, Chelsinko, shout out. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so uh, like, we do outdoor rental, but we do a lot of events, sport events, and we are also in the guiding. So what we like to do is making Discover the Piatno Park and the area the outdoor area. We're a big underdog, I think, and we have a lot to learn about our region, uh, even the people from here. Uh, there's a lot of things that we don't know exist, and there's no better ambassadors than the locals, so we want to teach the locals what kind of playground they have and what kind of magnificent playground they And we're lucky, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Where are you originally from? I'm originally from uh, Lutaway, the region of uh, Gatineau. I was born and raised in Gatineau with my mom alone. I was uh, playing outside since uh, my childhood, uh, snowboarding, skateboarding. I was really into the, the freestyle uh, world. So we never play by the rule in our sports. So when we were biking, we were not necessarily in the race or we we're not necessarily organized, but we always played outside. Same for Vincent. We met uh, during uh, river surfing. So we surf in the region, in the white waters. And uh, we also do sea surf together when we have the chance. Uh, it's more rare. But, uh, what was the question? <laughs> well, you know what's funny is you just answered like six of my questions. <laughs> I want to know more about where the idea came from. But you just answered. I was going to ask how you, you and Vincent met. But you probably don't know this. But like I live on the Ottawa side. But I moved here 10 years ago. And I was hiking a little bit before, but I like fell in love with hiking in Gatineau Park. And then that tra translates into cycling. And then that translates into cross-country skiing. And it's like this suction of like you – then the community is so beautiful and wonderful and most of them are most like very inclusive and um, welcome people into the community. So I, I get it. And that's why I'm so – I'm so in love with what you guys are doing. But I have a like a nerd fest over Gatineau Park almost every episode. But for you, I want to hear from your words, why Gatineau Park is so good for what you are doing. And I will bounce with the inclusivity you were talking about because it's one of the fundamentals of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we're spreading like this and we don't want to – we really care to not stick to uh, one sport. But uh, mm -hmm. to answer your question, Gatineau Park, what is special with that? For to start, the, did you know that uh, is the second uh, park in Canada after Banff Canada most crowded, most visited? I had no idea, no clue. Yeah, Seriously. nobody knows that. It is. I know. I know. And I know you really feel the need to, to admit that you feel the need to do a fact check right now, right? We cannot believe it, but it is. It is. And is it so surprising when we're 15 minutes from the capital of our country? Like it's crazy. It's crazy the access we have. Winter and summer. So in the summer. Something very special is the parkway close to the cars, the majority of the time for the active mobility. That's an innovation. We were not having that five years ago. So that's new for the Gatineau Park, and it's adding a lot of value to it. We have more than 360 kilometers of trails. And like I said, 15 minutes from the capital. Normally, if you're in Montreal, you have to drive two hours in the Laurentides to do that. If you're in Toronto and you're on that kind of playground, 
you're going to drive a long drive too, etc. So it's very unique, the proximity that we have to the urban sectors. So that's one of the main reasons. And the second reason is that it's a conservation park. A lot of parks in Canada and in Quebec, uh, for what I know, are recreational. So that means that the approach is ve- the approach is very different. The main priority and the first priority, the first amendment, if you want, for the NCC, the Gatineau Park, um, is the protection of the nature, the protection of the biodiversity. It's not to make money with uh, ski passes. It's not to um, uh, to bring more people necessarily. So it's very unique. It's a unique park. They're not working all the same. And it's very important to understand that we're in a conservative park. So I think it's a huge difference that makes the beauty of it because all the beautiful uh, lookouts, all the, the, the gorgeous lakes, all the views and the trails uh, are protected. And with the years, we cannot say the same in, in some recreational parks. Uh, the impact of the human activities, we feel it. And uh, in the Gatineau Park, because uh, of his uh, mission, his first mission, it's mint or almost. But obviously, it's always a challenge and the human activities are strong and there's some impacts to in the Gatineau Park. Don't take me wrong. That's something that I love so much about the park. And you and I obviously have a very strong connection to it, right? Like you, like we have an emotional connection to Gatineau Park and wanting to conserve it. And so what's funny is like I have the luxury of being able to go there during the weekdays. So seeing people enjoy it, especially in COVID, has been incredible and being like, oh, you see what we see and, and how beautiful it is. Um, but it also concerns me that people maybe aren't respecting nature as they should be, right? But I think, you know, talking about it and having these conversations about it and being open about it, I think is a big part and education is a big part of it. And I think the NCC does a really good job of that too, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. And there was there will always be a challenge between the recreational, so we're, what we try to do to make the people discover, and the conservation. So it can work together, but it's a fragile line. It's a very fragile line. So And that's why we're collaborating with the NCC uh, every season, actually. We have a meeting with them to at the start of the season to make a, a plan match, a game plan, because they want to make sure that people who have influence in the park send the good messages and it's we're happy to work in team with them so yeah i think they do a great great job and they listen to um, uh, the actors around them so i have nothing to say uh, on that side for sure i would like to rebound on something i really want i don't want to forget it but we were talking about inclusivity and i think when we were presenting ourselves uh, i should have talked about that because it's one of our main um, mission uh, it's a wor- word that we're using everywhere now so i want to explain why it's true <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why we're saying we're not just all about bikes because, and we're doing all kind of outdoors and we're projecting ourselves in the future with like a 360 offer of outdoor services and outdoor educational blog, social events, uh, sport event, because we don't, we want our customers to feel welcome. And sometimes with sport, uh, it's easy to get in a niche where it's going to be intimidating. Classic example that you will relate very quick. Road biking sometimes. You know, with some people. <laughs> yes. so, what do you have in that? Spandex, right? I, I need a kit. $10,000 bikes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's something that we're fighting uh, against. Not against the road, road, road bikers. They have their passion. I do road bike. I respect that and I have fun on my road bike. But we really want to send a message to all our visitors in the region that you don't need to be well equipped. You don't need the clothing, uh, the, 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 the last 2022 bike shirt. 
you you don't need the ten thousand like you said bike to come in the park, discover and enjoy it and have exact uh, same amount of fun than everyone else. And you have your place in the park, even if you're not a, a, a pro, even if you're not doing trail running or you're not doing paddle boarding or canoeing every day, you have your place. And uh, it's really important uh, to make everyone feels welcome. A big angle for us to start. And it's, it's a big chunk. It's fundamental. It's a woman. Um, uh, we really, really wanted. We're two young guys, 26 years old. We were conscious of the image that could send. And that was something that was scaring us. And we really worked uh, the first day to uh, involve women in the project, uh, helping us to find a, find a way and uh, to be able to talk to them. It don't look like a boys club, right? Because it could be, look like it. And in sports, unfortunately, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, mans have uh, the, the tendency to stay with men when they, they're doing sport. It makes no sense. And we're trying to push mixity. But in the same time, we're trying to uh, create event uh, only for women sometime uh, to make feel the, the one that don't always feel comfortable uncomfortable at the beginning uh, to mix, to, to see that, okay, it's inclusive here. Like it's a safe space. All right, I, I'll be back next, uh, next week. And I, I know that nobody will judge me. I know that there's not going to be any uh, weird comments. So, and we, we achieved that. And that's something that we're really proud of it. Like, uh, like it, and it's, quantifiable like there's numbers on it for example like uh, uh, our customers like our data it's 60 percent of the rentals are uh, by women uh, someone identify as a woman and same uh, we have almost the same stats on their social media so more women are following us on instagram and facebook for example than men and for us it's a big uh, achievement because if we compare in the our industry is the reverse situation right now so uh, the next step uh, will be cultural uh, diversity because let's admit and let's be honest right now, outdoor in Canada right now is super white. It's a lot of white people. <laughs> it's a lot of us. Right. Yeah. And, uh, privilege, Chelsea, we're in the privilege village. So that's uh, something that we really want to attack, take by the horn in the next uh, seasons uh, because it's not normal. Like, uh, Ottawa is one of the most diversified city in Canada. Like there's, don't try to, to convince me that there's no, nobody interested in the Asian community or whatever, uh, all communities that they're not interested in outdoor. No, no. I know there's some cultural, uh, habits, right? But we can, we're, it's our job to include everyone and to make everyone welcome in the park and, it's farther than the park and the nature in general, right? So that's that inclusivity is a big part of our mission and we're still working on. We're not perfect, but uh, it's very important for us to break a bit these uh, patterns in the industry. Thank you so much for taking that head on because I know it can be an awkward conversation. So I really, really appreciate that. Those are the kind of conversations I want to have on this podcast. So thank you. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. 
We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson. If you're imagining Gatineau Park and someone who rode their bike to Champlain Lookout, all I can think about is like, a, and I, I have a lot of friends in this demo, a 46-year-old white man, probably an engineer, probably, or works in the government. He has his retirement plan worked out and his bike is about $8,000, right? Like that is... <laughs> I, I, I would have brought the same thing and I can I can add the, the color of his sock matching his, uh, his helmet. Rafa? Is he wearing Rafa? I love Rafa, by the way. Is it Rafa? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But, okay, you know what's so cool, Jacob, is I've seen with my own eyes, though, what you guys are doing. Because I was riding my bike up King Mountain. Oh, sorry, it was Pink, it was Pink Lake. Uh, Pink Lake, yeah. It was, maybe it was Pink Lake. or it, it was somewhere in the park, and it was a hill. And I am out of breath. You know, I'm trying to get up this massive hill in Gatineau Park on my, on my bike. And you, I think it was you, and um, there was probably 10 people who never would have had the opportunity to do so otherwise on bike and, and travel up those hills and through Gatineau Park in that intimate way on their e-bikes. And I love seeing it. First of all, I was like swearing at you guys in my head because I'm like, these people are on e-bikes smoking me up this hill. But the other part of me loved it because I saw that, again, uh, people who with maybe with mobility issues or people who, again, you know, don't have a bike to be able to do that or maybe don't have the lungs to be able to do it, right? Like maybe they don't yeah. have, right? Or, or people that cannot follow their friend, follow their, uh, and everyone wants to stay together, right? In a, in a, in a daily adventure. Remember how many times for outdoor enthusiasts that you were like, oh, I cannot bring that person because oh, it's going to be hard for him or for her or, and I, like trying to figure out like what kind of activities or intensity you will choose today because the level are so of habits, right? The levels are so different. But with the e-bikes, everyone is together. I mean, if you're a machine, have fun. Have fun. The, the e-bike can become a mechanic bike. And if you're not feeling well today, if you have uh, you had issues with your knees, it can be so many good reasons. Uh, you'll be able to find uh, follow your group. Just that like, is a crazy step. For us, but for the cyclotourism in general too, because cyclotourism is a huge angle of what is co coming, like what is changing right now in tourism in Canada and Quebec. The e-bikes add a great value to that. Like people, everyone can visit their countryside uh, regions, get out of the cities now. Nobody what's your uh, physical uh, abilities. Uh, obviously, sometimes there's some. Uh, particularities like you cannot ride a bike and you cannot and it's it, it happens but for example right now we have a, a new segment of clientele with our bike e-bikes so we have two two e-bikes we have the mountain e-bikes and we have the cruisers so we're like a hybrid e-bike and uh, we never had uh, any clients or it was very rare to have a client that, that was more than 70 years old right but now we have a new like uh, a new branch of customers that comes only for the e-bike and uh, it's it's awesome. Like imagine, okay, on the terrace you have 
a group of five mixed young people between 20 and 30 years old going for a mountain bike day. And on the right, I'm explaining to an uh, 82-year-old couple <laughs> where to go in the park. And you know what? They're gonna, maybe they're going to they're gonna meet in the park at some point, right? At the Pink Lake Lookout or at the Belvedere Champlain Lookout or anywhere else in Wakefield. But uh, yes, we can mix this crowd and it's possible to do it. And to be honest, at the beginning of the project two summers ago in 2021, I was a bit doubting about that. I was dreaming about it, but I was like, is it possible to mix all these people together? Are they going to feel welcome both sides, right? I said like two extreme, uh, extreme things, but Everyone is bring like is mixing together in that, and it's not true that eighty years old people don't want to do uh, mountain biking. It's not true that twenty five years old young blood don't want to uh, try e bike either. So once again, it's a nice tool for inclusivity. We're talking about uh, sex, uh, about uh, uh, cultural, but age and bringing all the age together is something that is very important for us because it's so easy to 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 try to um, build on our young, cool, young kids uh, in Chelsea and uh, <laughs> to do young stuff and try, but it would be absurd because we have a, like a hungry community, very hungry for all what we're doing in the 50 and more years old. And they mix so well together in our events. For example, like last uh, Saturday, we did our first uh, urban event in Hall. So we collaborated with the Common Empire uh, it's, oh, uh, cool! Yeah, yeah, I know common. Yeah, I know them. Yeah, yeah so we we did a collab together, and uh, that that was a crazy mix of every age. I would say <laughs> the average was like forty years old yeah. of average uh, for the age, equally women and men, and the activities like the range of levels, like was like you had some elite clubs there, and you had like a, a guy that was just coming with his vintage bike for a group ride, and there was no pressure, right? So. It's nice to to see that we can bring all these people together because at the end we want to play outside and I think who likes to play outside have have a a young heart no matter what. So. You know what I thought about was eventually when both of my knees go out and I'm like 75 and I'm like I really still want to bike and get out of work and I was and uh, I'm thinking about all those those like those athletes too who can't you know who can't bike like they used to or run like they right and they they can still go through the park like like they can right. You clearly do a lot of events, bringing people together. You've kind of already answered this, but why is community so important to you? And it's like hearing you talk about it, you're so passionate about it and so authentic about it. But why is it so important and so rewarding for you? It's very selfish, but like basically, like fundamentally, it's for me and Vincent. Like we're doing because we're the kind of guys that cannot do something if it don't make sense. Uh, Obviously, we're not in that business for money right i mean we're living well a bit uh, it's going very well good but good if but if i if i really want only to do money i will not have that mission right so it's a lot more than that but i think we can live well of that and sleeping at night and be much more proud of ourselves by doing what we're doing now than getting in a uh, in another business that we're not filling with our gut that we're doing the good thing right so that was like that feeling of, okay, we're doing well. Like I, we never had that kind of thanks in our life. Like a lot of thank you, just a, just an authentic thank you for what we're doing. So why are we doing this for us? Honestly, honestly, like because we, we feel that it's the good thing to do. And after that, uh, it's because, um, uh, and that's something that me and Vincent really, really agree about. Um, I think there's a problem of proudness a bit in our, in our region. 
at the beginning I said like there's no better ambassadors than the the locals right or the people from there even if they moving to Toronto Montreal BC they'll be an ambassador forever and sometimes I like I have to I'm critique a bit about that uh, I think we're not the be- in in Gatineau region um, uh, I'm more familiar with the like the francophone uh, obviously community but when we go in Montreal not everyone is necessarily proud of uh, his region right and uh, that's something that it hurt me so much, like a classic example, okay? I was studying in Cégep, so um, uh, in Cégep in uh, so college, it's the equivalent of college uh, in Quebec, in the region, and everyone was leaving for to, for studying and automatically, even if we have the good universities here, all the program, everyone was leaving for Montreal, for Toronto, for Quebec City, and BC. And it's good. I mean, there's good universities there. I understand why. There's a cultural hub in Montreal. It's unbelievable. I get it, but why don't we don't come back and why don't we don't send a message to all the others that we have the best outdoor region? Like we were talking about 15 minutes from the capital, we have one of the nicest conservation parks in the country. You can ski, you can bike, you can play outside in the winter, you can play outside in the summer and like you're not going to, you're going to have a lot of uh, options. So my point is the reason why people are not proud from my perspective, sometimes the young ambassadors who was going somewhere else and coming back sometimes or not is because they did not discover their park well when they were young. I think like for me, my parents, I'll be honest, they were not bringing me in the park that much. I discovered by myself. Uh, some other kids, uh, uh, they're very privileged of that. Uh, they had the chance to have a dad or a mom who would make, make them discover it. But I was not in that social economic privilege area. And for us, it was not grand. Like I did not know before my teenage time that it was a treasure, right? So I think we have to work on building the proud, uh, explain why and bring kids in the, in the woods. And I think the first step will be every young people doing educa- ed- educational um, physics classes, like a, education physics. How do you say that? Sports classes? Uh, gym, gym class, phys ed, phys ed. Yeah, yeah. All around the region, Ottawa and Gatineau, we should all come once a year in the park with a real guide, someone that will show you his real love of the park and make them discover uh, what they should be proud of. Because our region, uh, yes, is the city, but is the all all is around it is what is green. It's it's a, a playground for outdoor. Like that's what we have. So let's not try copying big cities. We'll never be like a big city. We'll never be like a Montreal. But we have something that they don't have. Let's 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 play on that, that and try to make people more proud in 20 years. My generation, 25 years old kids in 20 years, I want them to. When they're in Montreal, it's all right. You're in Montreal. You're doing a good, a good, great stuff there. Awesome. But I want you to say good things about where you're from because you're from the best, the best area to play outside. I actually didn't think it was possible to find other people who love Ghana Park as much as I do. But I think you have me beat. I think I found the person. Like, I think you are it. You are it, Jacob. We only have like, like, a, like a minute here, but a couple of questions really. How does the connection to nature play into what you do? And I also want to know, um, this will probably be released heading into winter. So you guys are doing cross-country skis, fat bikes, everything. So yeah, both of those questions, please. Yeah, for first time this winter we'll do um, uh, winter rentals. So uh, last summer was our first season. So and we started like at the middle of the summer. So it was a big, co- like a big other step to take quickly to like 
to do the winter uh, activities, but now we're ready. And we feel like the community is thrilled about that. Like there's no, like every customer is asking me what's up with the winter. So I feel that, I think that it's a need in Chelsea. Like, can you believe there's no outdoor rental in Chelsea? Like there was no outdoor rental. There used to be, right? There, like there used to be at some point and it's not around. There was some like, um, uh, some ski, like, like for example, Craig Christie, uh, shout out to Craig Christie's. We were doing cross, uh, cross country ski, uh, rental uh some shops were doing like their stuff on like bike on one side skis on one side but like a 360 offer is the first time and uh especially four seasons so um uh yeah uh, i think it's a need in chelsea and uh about the nature like about the connection to nature and what it means to us running a startup is everything but zen right you're online always on my phone um, social medias, inserting email, doing a podcast online. Marketing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I get it. Yeah. And sometimes we forget and we're all humans. Like we take things for granted and we forget the, the chance we have. Like by, right now we're very lucky. Like I think on when we're going to be like older and we didn't think about what we're doing now at 26 years old, uh, just living from our passions, uh, be able to share it and plus in just 10 months of activities to have uh, very positive feedbacks. It's a lot that we have. And we're in the wood. Me and Vincent, sometimes, it, I swear it's happening sometimes. We're just taking a second. And Vincent, <laughs> Vincent is funny with that. He's, he, he look at me and he say, Jacob, take a big breath. <laughs> and, and I'm like super awkward. I'm like, like now? <laughs> and he looks at me with his blue, uh, big blue eyes like, yeah, take a big breath. <laughs> All right. So cute. Uh, like we're lucky, man. We're lucky. And we're just hugging each other. Like, good, let's go. Let's keep up the good work. We're doing it for good reasons. So it's not always easy, but it's very um, gratifying. Gratifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, every time I've been in the park lately, I'm like, whoa, look at the leaves. It's so nice. <laughs> Those were just wearing. Yeah. And, and it's complex. The park is big. So you're always discovering. You cannot... Like for the one who never, and if you're listening to the podcast, you never discovered the park yet. Don't think you're going to do uh, the whole thing in one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jacob, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. And yeah, looking forward to seeing you in the park this winter and upcoming seasons. And I'll uh, post everything, of course, in, in the show notes and everything. But uh, thank you so much. Thanks. And if we're doing a podcast one day, you're going to be one of the first invited. Oh, yay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Marianne. Thanks for listening. For more Let's Take This Outside, go to letstakethisoutside.ca. Hey, listeners. I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. 
Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.